Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Town. I'm your host, Tony Zimmerman. I had a great conversation this week with Mircha from the Mental Health Service Board. We talked about mental health for veterans, for children, and we also talked about the levy that will be on the ballot in May um, to give the Mental Health Service Board more funds to continue funding veterans and child services. Uh, It was a great conversation. I learned a lot of stuff. I hope you do as well. Uh, So sit back and enjoy the conversation. So first off, I don't want to mess up your name. How do you pronounce your name? Mircha. Mircha? Andrew. Mircha. Mircha. Okay. How did you end up here (laughs) running running the mental health board? Well, I, I guess I should start it. I ended up in the United States in 2004. 2004? So 15 years ago. So I came as a student. I came to Tiff University. I played soccer. I came on a soccer scholarship. So uh, kind of that's how I, the first, the first step in the United States was through that. Yeah. Uh, just fast forward, I, I finished uh, with a bachelor degree in business and then I completed a master degree in business administration. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2012, I started working for the board as the deputy director. I was more in charge of finances and grants and so on. Um, and then from there on, I, I made my way up and uh, I became executive director in 2015. 2015. So I've been in this position for 40 years, yes. Mm-hmm. So is mental health just a, a really important issue to you or did you just kind of fall into it? Kind of fall into it. I was I was very interested uh, in the business aspect as well as finances. I have a strong financial background. Right. Um, I'm not I'm not a clinical person, mm-hmm. um, but I think my strengths again are, are finances and and being able to to oversee the whole administrative administrative part of the organization. Okay, there is a levy coming up. Correct. What do you want people to know about the levy? Well, the the most important thing I want people in Sandusky County to know is that. Uh, while, while our board covers three counties, mm-hmm. this levy is specific for Sandusky County. So all the money raised will be spent in Sandusky County? That's correct. Um, again, the official uh, Bella language is going to include our official name, which includes Seneca and Wyandotte counties. But this, this levy, this issue is specific to Sandusky County only and will be able to assist only Sandusky County residents. Um, as important is also uh, knowing that in Sandusky County, we currently have a levy. Um, and this is the fifth year of, of this levy. Uh, so we currently have a levy in Sandusky County that will expire December 31st of this year. Mm-hmm. What we are asking for uh, on May 6th on the ballot is we are asking for a new levy to begin January of 2020. Mm-hmm. So the two levies will never overlap. So again, we are asking for a new levy to, to begin January of 2020 to allow us to continue the services we have provided to Sandusky County residents in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Now, the really odd thing about our levy that usually you, you, you really just don't hear about it, especially in the public sector, is what we are asking for Sandusky County residents, it's a new levy that it's actually less than what they currently pay. Right. So if the new levy will pass... Not only you will assist with, with these services to continue in Sandusky County, but your taxes will decrease. What right. you are paying today, it's actually higher than what you'll be paying starting January. Yeah, I was, when I was looking at the website last night, it, yeah, the old levy asked for more money than the new levy. Correct. So you're asking for less money than 
So why why are you asking for less money? Do you just have less expenses than the previous five years? No, we actually we actually have more expenses. Um, as I said at the beginning of my interview, uh, business finances administration is kind of my strength. Mm -hmm. We have been uh, very successful in the last two and a half years to go after certain federal grants uh -huh. and were able to successfully obtain them. Um, and, and the second second reason is. When I campaigned five years ago, I told Sandusky County re residents will be extremely financially responsible. Mm -hmm. If we don't need it, we're not going to ask you for it. Well, it came a time for us to make the decision how much money we need and our zoners with our board, and we need less than what we have now, but we need it. Uh, so uh, this, will be, this will be less than the current levy. Uh, it's actually right now a resident in Sandusky County pays $2.11 a month if they own a property value at $100,000. Right. The same resident, if this level will pass, will be paying $1.90. So it's a reduction in taxes. Uh, the millage is also less. We are moving from a 0 0.8 to a 0 0.65. What I also really want residents to understand is that, you know, so somebody can say, well, great, you're successful with state and federal funds. Keep going, keep bringing them. Why do you want local levy funds? Well, I'll tell you why. Most of the programs we fund with local levy funds will not be able to exist if we have local levy funds hmm. because state and federal funds have many restrictions that doesn't allow us to fund some of the local services we do. Ah. <clears throat> so again, many local services, unfortunately, will just be discontinued if this doesn't pass. We're not able to use state or federal resources for some of the local services. Okay. Can, you, can you give me an example of something that would have to be discontinued if the levy didn't pass? I'm not sure if the word discontinue is maybe the correct word because some might continue at the lesser level or with other funds, but definitely, okay, well, or unfortunately... Well, be impacted. Correct. So, uh, whew, I can name many. Uh, <laughs> we Right now, as of today, we provide critical um, crisis intervention team training for first responders. Okay. This is for law enforcement, EMS, to teach them how to handle a person in a mental health crisis. Mm -hmm. We do this 100% with local levy funds. It's a really good program. Um, I think the first responders really appreciate this training that's available to them. We do this at least once, if not twice a year. Mm -hmm. it, it has been a lifesaver. Uh, we provide counseling inside the juvenile detention center for our youth who are being incarcerated because of mental health or behavioral health needs. Okay. Those, uh, that program is funded 100% with local levy funds. That seems fairly important. Uh, correct. <laughs> we fund in-school counseling at Fremont City School or in-school prevention 100% mm -hmm. with local levy funds. We have started three programs specific to our community. One, it's a youth mentoring program in partnership with City of Fremont and Mama's House. We started an African-American support group. We started a Latino community project. All these three projects are 100% funded with local levy funds. So, uh, and this just to name a few, I yeah. think we have around 12 to 15 local projects that are funded 100% with local levy funds. Then unfortunately, we just won't have the resources to, to, to support them. The, the foster care project that we talked at the beginning of the interview. So we have partnered with Children's Services and the Juvenile Court to assist children or families with foster care need in Sandusky County, mm -hmm. especially focused on children. Uh, and we started this project around 18 months ago, um, again, to find placement for, for Sandusky County children to make sure they get the necessarily treatment maybe or resources they need 
um, so they don't fall back just because maybe they have a dysfunctional family. Yeah. Well, this will be, again, really impacted if the levy will not pass. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're talking about uh, child family services. One of the jobs that you guys have is to define what the needs are for the communities. What would you say, what have you noticed as a big need in Sandusky County? Well, the need kind of changes sometimes. Sometimes we have various trends. But I'll tell you, as of, as of now, our highest need appears to be children with mental health challenges, yeah. children with behavioral health needs. It's, it's, it's difficult. Really young children, we see a lot of suicidal thoughts, cutting, harming themselves, hospitalization, medication, mm-hmm. and so on. This, this is our greatest need in Sandusky County, and I think it will continue to be our greatest need for the years to come. Uh, some of it is probably because, again, uh, dysfunctional families, maybe parents were involved with alcohol or drugs, maybe they have been incarcerated, um, they might have some sort of history and alcohol and drug abuse, uh, but, but we see that as our number one need. Really, really close behind it, I will say that mental health and suicide in, in general. Yeah. I'm not sure if people realize, but we do have, we do have a problem with, with mental health and suicide. We have more and more individuals either completing suicide or attempting suicide in Sandusky County. Hmm. So uh, Yeah, that's not really a problem you hear a lot about typically. I mean, because there's... There's a stigma around suicide and mental health. So even if there are people do have the problem, they don't necessarily talk about it or talk with their friends about it. So that's that's it's correct. A, it's that, a quiet problem. Yeah, but that's it's still a big problem. Correct. That is, that is so. And, and the best example I can probably give give here is um, we implemented a program just a year ago, which is called Critical Incident Stress Management. Uh, this is again a new program implemented 100% with local levy funds is to assist the community or organizations after a tragic incident. A tragic incident could include like a school shooting. Knock on wood, we didn't have those in the local community, but, but we are prepared. Well, I tell you that there are a lot of tragic incidents that our first responders handle, and sometimes they need help. But you're mm-hmm. talking about stigma. Sometimes it's so difficult to just go up to your chief and go up to your union and say, hey, you know, I, I really struggle. I came across this accident mm-hmm. or I came across this house fire where a family lost their lives and I really struggle and I need some help. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's still very stigmatized. Nobody wants to associate themselves as being weak or something to be written in their file right. about their struggle. So we have implemented this program um, that is 100% confidential. We assist many, uh, many organizations already at a local level who struggle with this kind of need. Mm-hmm. Um, has, you, has your organization had any changes since the opioid epidemic has happened? Has your resources been changed? <clears throat> have you put more resources towards that than you would have typically expected to? Or, or what's the impact of the opioid crisis been on, on you guys? There has been definitely more resources available to all communities in Ohio. From state and federal grants? Correct, from state and federal grants. So even if we just take Sandusky County in particular, the resources there were in Sandusky County five years ago in relationship to the opioid epidemic and now, obviously we have way more resources now. We have a few local outpatient treatment providers that we didn't have before. Mm-hmm. We have right now in Sandusky County and Fremont, we have a detox and residential treatment place. We have recovery housing available. We have medication assistant treatment available. People who are addicted to drugs 
get services even inside the local jail. So there they have been a lot more resources from both the state and federal government coming down to local communities regarding the opiate epidemic. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously it's, it's making a difference, but I, I have to be honest, lo- local levy funds will kind of be separate a little bit from the opiate epidemic just because okay. I feel like that topic, it's, it's covered well with state and federal resources. But we have, we have so great need for mental health and children that I, unfortunately we can afford we can afford no, no keeping these local levy funds right and and you know if a child has a mental health problem and it's not dealt with now it's just going to become a bigger problem in the future absolutely absolutely and we know that and we want to do not just treatment for children but want to expand our prevention and education efforts hmm. we want to teach them how to handle to better their coping skills when they have uh, various challenges in their life. Mm-hmm. We want to educate them early in life about mental health, the importance of mental health, even physical health, alcohol and drug use, and all, so on. So we love to be able to continue this level and expand on that, not just treatment. We want to try to get children before they even need treatment, if that, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. So when is the levy, when's the vote for the levy? What's the date? The date is May 7, 2019. I apologize. I think earlier in the interview, I might have said May 6, but it is May 7, uh, 2019. Obviously, people can vote early, uh, beginning beginning of April. You know, anybody supporting our levy, they, obviously, they can vote a month before that. Okay. But the actual election day is May 7, 2019. Okay. How many mental health facilities are there that you support in Sandusky County? I tell you, based on the need... Every individual that comes to one of our agencies or calls our office and says, hey, uh, you know, I think I struggle. Or, hey, I think, I think my son struggles with mental health or mm-hmm. with depression or anxiety. The first thing we try to do is try to get him in front of a professional to get a face-to-face assessment okay. for us to determine the need. Mm-hmm. So we do have a few agencies. We work in Sandusky County. One is Finance Counseling and Recovery Services regional recovery services, and so on. So we work with some agencies in Sandusky County. And after that need, really, we try to put together a plan for this individual. So it could be that maybe the resources this individual need is not or are not available in Sandusky County. Okay. If they need hospitalization, if they need some higher level of care and is not available in Sandusky County, we do everything we can to offer it to them somewhere else in Ohio. Okay. We can use the local levy funds for those services as long as it follows a Sandusky County resident. Right. So yep. we really, you know, back to your questions, we don't have any mental health inpatient beds in Sandusky County. So if somebody needs hospitalization and has a, a severe mental illness, being maybe suicidal, homicidal, they will probably have to hospitalize them out of county. Mm-hmm. So we're talking Finley, Toledo? We're talking about Toledo, Sandusky, Sandusky. Based, on, based on the need. Right. Uh, based on the beds available, I have to be honest, oftentimes, and this is, this is what I should mention, Tony, oftentimes, uh, based on when the assessment happens or when a mental health crisis takes place, you might not have a bed available in Sandusky. <laughs> you might have to go to Toledo, or you might not have a bed available in Toledo, and you got to go to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. We do have a 24-7 crisis team. Mm-hmm. So we have a team that works around the clock, 24-7, 365 days a year, Level three snow, it doesn't matter. They work all year round. Yeah. This team responds to mental health crises in the community. Uh, most of the crises are at the local ER. 
So they go either to Fremont Promerica or Bellevue Hospital. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they go to Sandusky County Jail or they might see these people at the outpatient office during the day. Mm. Well, just last year we had over 600 face-to-face -face mental health crisis assessments. This is not just any assessment. These were individuals in crisis, face-to-face yes. -face in Sandusky County alone. What do you so uh, we categorize as crisis? Almost two a day. Crisis, we categorize somebody that needs to be seen immediately. Okay. Immediately. Somebody that might not be able to wait until tomorrow morning. The, okay. So it could be that it might be uh, suicidal thoughts, maybe homicidal thoughts, maybe harm to themselves or other, maybe really violent as well. So it's something that we have to respond now. Mm -hmm. It's almost like when you go to the ER, somebody has a broken leg and it's in a lot of pain. Yeah. You can't really tell them, well, come back in three days. You know, we've got to take care of the problem now. Right. So this is, what, this is what we mean by mental health crisis. And I'll tell you, out of those approximately 600 face-to-face assessments, approximately 300 of them were hospitalized. Wow. So last year alone, we pretty much had one Sandusky, almost one Sandusky County resident hospitalized per day. Wow. And how big is this, this crisis, crisis team? How many people are on this? <clears throat> well, we have, we have people that rotate because it's, again, a 24-7 service. Mm -hmm. So we have people that rotate, but we, we ensure to have at least two people on call around the clock. Two people, sometimes even a manager, sometimes three, all depends on the need. Mm -hmm. It can happen, though, obviously. This is, this, is, this is, Tony, the most critical, the most expensive, and the most high-risk service we provide. It could happen that sometimes we assess somebody at the Fremont Hospital uh, and we are working on assessment. We are working to determine where we can send them to which hospital. And sometimes we might be stuck at a hospital four, five, six, seven hours until we finish a case. Yeah. Well, at the same time, you can have another mental health crisis going on in Bellevue at the same time. So we do our best to cover crisis immediately. Right. Sometimes, you know, clients might, might be stuck in the ER for a few hours, but... We are working around the clock to see these individuals face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. And if you guys weren't here to provide that service, there's no one else that would step in to, make, to provide it. This is just something that... Right now, we, con yeah, right now we contract with this service for violence counseling and recovery services. And as of today, this is the only agency that can provide it. And we found a huge portion of it with local levy funds to be able to, to, to provide this service. So this is critical. Oh, this is the yeah, absolutely critical, correct. To, oh, Tony, another thing I, I would like to mention is, uh, you know, we are really focused on the local community. Okay. Uh, we really focus on the quality of services, and we know where we need to do better, and we always going to focus to do better and improve our services. The same thing we are financially, which I told you we are very responsible financially. Uh, the same thing we, we really focus on quality of services. And we also look at the community needs. And one thing that obviously listeners might want to hear, the, our next big project is that, that I didn't mention yet is actually behavioral health services and support services for veterans. Okay. And this is one thing that our board already issued uh, some funding they want to put into that. Uh, but again, we know we, we want to make sure we cover the community needs. We don't want to do something that maybe is happening in Washington, D.C., this is Sandusky County. We want to focus on Sandusky County residents. So another big thing we'll be doing, we'll be doing trauma uh, for veterans, support services for veterans. And we have already talked with, talk with some veterans and, and, and talked with some people who are experts in this field. Mm -hmm. And we know, we know the trauma associated, 
not just with veterans coming back or coming back to Sandusky County, but also support for family members, support for members who are here maybe while their parent or their spouse are serving overseas. And I'm I'm proud to say we did help some some, uh, local children that struggle because their parent was serving overseas. So we're going to continue to do that, and this will be another focus. And um, one thing that I think it's kind of new in this veteran topic is that it's not just this trauma, but what we have seen now with veterans is sometimes they are traumatized not, not so much because of the war they leave behind mm-hmm. or maybe what, have they, what they have seen there, but many of them come back with, with shame and guilt. Oh. Uh, and it's similar, it's similar a little bit to us like human trafficking. If you ever interview a human trafficking person, uh, it's not uncommon even if they were the victim, for them to feel guilty or to feel that, you know, shameful. Self-blame. Correct. So we experience this. So we're trying, to, we're trying to better our services to understand, you know, we're kind of peeling the onion as we go. Mm-hmm. We're trying to understand what exactly we can offer these veterans when they come back. It's kind of like, you know, the hum- again, as I say, kind of the human trafficking victims. Many times our therapist, my question is like, well, why, why do you feel guilty? You didn't do anything wrong. Right. Well, the reality is there's like what they feel. So, you know, I think we need to understand these, these topics better. And we're going to do, we're going to do a big push to, to make sure we support our local veterans. Good, good. Is this, how did you discover this need? Is this, you had a lot of calls from the crisis hotline or, or how, how did you discover this need for veterans? To, to be honest, we, we discovered by working with some families one-on-one. We work with some families one-on-one. And, and what's, what's interesting about our, our services is, especially mental health and trauma, families like their privacy. Mm-hmm. Families like their privacy. And, and oftentimes when they call here and they see they will respect their privacy uh, and we try to help them and, you know, nothing gets really public, you know, that's what we do. So, we help a few, a few families in the last year and we realize, you know, we see this trend. We see this trend. So now, now what we try to do, actually, instead of waiting for the families to outreach to us, is how can we outreach to them? Mm-hmm. How can we maybe outreach to them before a crisis happens for, or before the need is to be correct? So this, this, is, this is what actually our board approved around three months ago. We approved some funding to focus on this. We got we, we to gotta hit it first. We got to go, as you said, preventive mm-hmm. and, and reach out to families that we know in Sandusky County. We, we will be trying to work. We'll, we'll try to work with some local veteran services. Mm-hmm. We have uh, we already outreached to some of them. I'm actually speaking with some of them here in the upcoming months. Mm-hmm. So, but again, we don't want to copy any sort of federal model. We want to do what's good for Sandusky County. We don't want to take a model from Washington, D.C. or a different state and just implement it here if it doesn't make sense for our rural community. Right. So we want to do what makes sense for Fremont and Sandusky mm-hmm. County. Uh, that seems like a very good thing <clears throat> that you guys are able to do. You're able to customize pro- or specialized programs for Sandusky County. And, and I tell you, you, you just again said it. This is why local levy are so important. <laughs> uh, I don't know if sometimes residents understand, but when we accept a federal grant or when we work on a federal grant, it has a lot of restrictions mm-hmm. and a lot of things that, can, uh, that, that you can do and a lot of things that you cannot do. Mm. And, and many programs, if they are not evidence-based, if they are not approved by the feds, if they are not something that's approved in the grant, and, and I can give an example. For example, we you know we're mentioning the opioid epidemic. Our most recent grants that we receive are 100% specific to 
opioid use disorder and opioid use. Mm -hmm. So let's say the federal government is giving us some money to treat the opioid epidemic, to, to combat the opioid epidemic. Yeah. Well, they will not allow me to use the same money for somebody who's an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. They will not allow me to use the same money for the children with a mental health challenge. Right. So this is why local level is so important because we can plan locally and make local decisions. And our board, which is a local board made out of volunteers from the three counties, mm -hmm. is who's making the decision. So we don't have somebody again from Columbus or Washington, D.C. telling us how to use the local levy funds. Right. Fremont Police Chief Dean Bliss, he's Cor on your board? Yes, we do have four Sandusky County board members. Chief Dean Bliss joined our board around a year and a half ago. Okay. We have Marcus Finley. Uh, he used to be a juvenile probation officer. Now he works for the Fremont Municipal Court. Mm -hmm. We have Alexandra Roja. She works for... Uh, Promedica Hospital as a nurse. And we have Rudy Lestri, which is a, a retiree uh, from Fremont, Ohio. So we have four Sandusky County board members, and we value all of their input. And again, we do what's best for, for that community. Mm -hmm. And all those four members live in Sandusky County. Again, we, we are very proud when we can make local decisions. Right. How much, how much input do they have on deciding where funds go in Sandusky County? Do they kind of tell you, like, it seems like this program needs something, and then you look at it, or? Well, all the programs that we fund, we review, mm -hmm. we monitor, we do audits, we look at outcomes. We also do community health assessments every three years with many other public organizations in Sandusky County where we look at the needs. We do a community health assessment again every three years. Then we look at the needs, we look at the needs, of mental health, addiction, and so on children versus adults, veterans, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. So we look at their need, we look at the services that are provided, and uh, from there on, we kind of prioritize what's needed. Mm -hmm. You know, one, one very, another uh, need project and unique that we are opening in Sandusky County is we are right now working with um, Village of Woodville, mm -hmm. Woodville Police Department, and, and um, Judge Pfizer to actually, to actually open an outpatient Behavioral Health Office in Woodville, Ohio. Hmm. Well, I don't know if Woodville ever in a history, those residents or people close by like Gibsonburg ever had, you know, services so close to home. So now we're trying to, we're trying to provide those services in Woodville and really going to focus on the Woodville, Gibsonburg, Lindsay community members. So mm -hmm. you don't always have to drive to Fremont necessarily. So, you know, this is another project that we are able to do, proud of. We hope, to, we hope this project will start late spring, early summer. Late spring, early summer? Yes. Okay. Do you have any numbers on typically how many people a year your services help? Oh, yes. Uh, last year, we served approximately 3,800 unduplicated clients in Sandusky County. So that's individual, like unique individuals. Unique individuals, unduplicated, 3,800. Actually, it'll be more than that. In this number, to be honest, it doesn't include children that we seen inside the juvenile detention center or maybe children who received, who are in our youth mentoring program. Mm -hmm. This is strictly treatment. So that's this is therapy, counseling, hospitalization. So that's a conservative number. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 3,800, it's a conservative number. It's the, correct. Now, I'm not saying all 3,800 has maybe severe mental illness. Mm -hmm. Some I have received just family therapy or family counseling, uh, some one-on-one, -on -one, some group but 3,800 unduplicated clients that we have seen in Sandusky County or we assisted last year. That's a huge number. Correct. Sandusky County is not that big. It's not that big. Again, I'm not an agency or we're not an agency that provides the service that's like, you know, 
in the middle of the newspaper, everybody gets excited about. Usually, we usually don't help you unless you are in a bad time of your life. Doesn't mm-hmm. make sense, especially with treatment. Now, again, we try to do preventive things or education for children. That could be fun, <laughs> okay? Try to educate them early in life. Mm-hmm. But when we service you on the treatment end, is usually we see you because you're at a low moment in your life. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing really excited to say, well, I went to the, or I, I talked with the mental health board, or I got assistance from the mental health board. So people don't really get excited about us. <laughs> so those 3,800 people are not going to their neighbors saying, oh man, I just had a great experience. Uh, correct, with the mental health co- correct, board. correct. So, you know, but, but the reality is we help a lot of people in Sandusky County. Yeah. We help, and we hope to continue to be able to, to do so. So what percentage of your funding for Sandusky County is levy versus state and federal grants? Do you have any, do you know the rough number on that? Well, I will tell you that, um, so because we cover three counties, Mm -hmm. the state and federal funds, they come to us, majority of them are for all three counties. So the state and federal funds don't really break down by county, Mm -hmm. the local levies do. Okay. So the other two counties, Seneca and Wineout, they have their own levies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we found many programs in those two counties specific to their needs. So it's, it's, it's a little bit hard for me to put an estimate. But if I look at the actual amounts that we spent in the, in the last year, Sandusky County levy, it's approximately 40% mm-hmm. of all the services we funded in Sandusky County last year. Right. So let's, let's put it this way. We're losing almost half. Right. If this levy doesn't pass, we, use, we, we, we lose half of our services in Sandusky County. We'll be able to operate on the understated fair funds, which, again, are very strict. So you, you'll, be able to, yeah, you'll be able to do just really the emergency services, hospitalization, medication, crisis. But many of the rest that I discuss, crisis intervention, team training for first responder, youth mentoring, youth counseling, in-school counseling, uh, services for veterans, foster care project. African-American support group, Latino community project, all those, unfortunately, our board will not be able to, to support anymore. Right. I know. Uh, I don't, uh, we, we don't want to think about it. We want to do everything we can to get the word out to people. One thing I will mention, though, if anybody listens and, and has questions, not, not necessarily just to visit the website, but, you know, call us directly. Call us directly and, and talk to me directly. Um, if there are any concerns by the residents, we rather know about it. If somebody's confused about anything or maybe things that we are tricking them, saying that <laughs> it's less money. No, we're not tricking. It's actually less money than what they pay today. Yeah. P- please call us. We want to make sure we educate the people the best we can prior to, to election day. And we hope that residents of Sandusky County will, will continue to support our services in our agency. Mm-hmm. And if they want to sign for their front yard. If they want to <laughs> sign for the front yard, please call us. I will personally put the sign down down and take him back up after election. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. that's service right there. <laughs> yes, no, we 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 we're gonna try to do any really anything we can. We we'll try to actually put yard signs um, around April first. So again, anybody interested in yard signs or anything they want to help with, will welcome any help. We are on a tight budget, so we try to save as much money as we can. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You mentioned child trafficking. Has that? And human help, trafficking. I'm sorry, human trafficking. Has that been a, a big issue? I've heard, I know at Toledo it's a huge issue, but is it an issue so much around Tenusky County? It's almost like I pay you to ask me this question. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but uh, l- l- yes, yes and no. But l- let me give you this answer. 
specific to Fremont and Sandusky County. So this is last week. This is last week we get a phone call from Fremont Police Department mm -hmm. that they have this young 22-year-old lady in their lobby who is not from Fremont or Sandusky County, but landed in Fremont. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously they called the board to see if we can help. Um, we're trying to find out her needs. So obviously she struggled with some alcohol and drug abuse. So we're trying then to coordinate, okay, how, how can somebody see her, where she lives? Well, she doesn't really live, she doesn't live in Sandusky County. She doesn't live in Fremont. She slept the night at the hotel. Uh -huh. So she's originally from Lorraine. So we're trying to figure out, do we help her with some services? You know, we have her now. Oftentimes these people with alcohol and drug abuse is best to, the, the sooner you can help them, the better. If you lose them and they go back in the community, they might be going right back to drugs. They might overdose. You don't know what yeah, will they happen. they might not get back to you for help. Thank you. So we try to help this person right away. Well, the reality is this person landed in Fremont and we believe it could have been or might have been a human trafficking case. She landed up in Fremont in a hotel, hmm. but she was originally from Lorraine County. So, you know, um, I know law enforcement was trying to do their part to try to investigate it was human trafficking. We're trying to do our part to make sure we can give her the treatment necessarily. Does she need detox? When is the last time she used drugs? Mm -hmm. Well, this is just a recent case that happened less than a week ago, actually. Um, I, think, I think we worked on it last Thursday. Yeah. So this is a very, very recent case. So we, we work on some of those cases and we see more of those cases in Sandusky especially in Fremont, Ohio. So, yes, it's happening. It's happening at the local level. Mm -hmm. um, I can't even imagine what this young lady, 22 years old, been through. Hmm. I can't even imagine her family, what they've been through. So I think we have a responsibility as a public entity at least to give them a second chance or sometimes a third chance mm -hmm. or as many chances as you can to get them away from alcohol and drugs, to get them away from bad habits, right. and hopefully to get them to become a productive citizens of our community. So, uh, yes, they, they do happen. They do happen. Um, I know, again, in the news you see a lot, maybe Toledo, Bowling Green, and so on. Mm -hmm. But in Sandusky County, we do have, we, we still have some cases. Mm. A good portion of our services. I do, I do want to highlight critical incident stress management maybe one more time. I'm not sure if people understand the value of this service. Uh, we had situations in our district where we had, for example, we had a really bad house fire approximately 18 months ago in one of our counties where we had a family of five who lost their lives, mm -hmm. children involved, and, and, and parents were very much involved in the community. I'm not going to give a lot of details, but people who are listening to me probably know the case. Well, that has been a very difficult case for the school system, for the community at large, especially when you come from a small community, as well as for the first responders on the scene. Mm -hmm. Well, really, that's, that's, that's the case that really trigger us, trigger us to, to have a CISM or Critical Incident Stress Management Team to help people with grief, with debriefing, uh, with one-on-one with -on -one trauma services if needed afterwards. Um, sometimes I don't know if residents really realize what first responders are seeing sometimes when they respond to, to some of these scenarios. Sometimes the dispatch or 911 workers are going through, through hell, sometimes handling these phone calls. Yeah. So we have started this service, and I, and I tell you, there are many public and even private entities that use it. And I'll give another example. When we started this service, we said, 
we're going to do, as we always say, we're going to do what, what we believe is best for the community, the local community. Yeah. And one of the things we, we said here is, if we implement this service, we don't want to use it just for public entities. Any organization can call. Hmm. Uh, if you're a private business, if you're a manufacturer, if you're a factory, if you're whatever you are, and something unfortunate happens, something tragic happens, you call us and we'll, we'll be there. Mm -hmm. We provide this service free of charge. We just work with one of our other private entities. The one of the employees went to a major accident while at work. So, you know, sometimes, sometimes you have small private organizations. They run a small business that are very much like a family. And, and sometimes when something really bad happens, everybody's affected. Right. So, again, this is, this, is, this is a service that has been utilized and is working really well. And again, want to want to be prepared for the worst of the worst. Hopefully, it never happens in right. Sandusky County. Hopefully, we never have a school shooting. Hopefully, we never have anything major. But I think some of these tragedies is just a matter of time. Hmm. Well, before, you know, everybody's making phone calls. Hey, can you send a counselor here and there? Can we do this? Was nothing really organized. Right. Well, we ha we have developed a master plan mm -hmm. for how to handle this, and 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 our goal is to not get any phone calls if possible. <laughs> right. But again, we do have a CISM team 24-7 available to the local community. And I think this is another very important service um, that we want to continue. Uh, you know, we, 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 had, we had the Sandusky County levy for the last five years. Mm -hmm. And we built tremendous, we, we were tremendously on, on, on developing services, implementing these services, making a difference in Sandusky County, and I think we're making a difference. Uh, in, in four and a half years, we are we are providing a lot of new services to the community that weren't available before. Right. We, we wanted to be able to continue to do this, and I urge Sandusky County residents to, to get our May 7 vote yes for the mental health levy. It will, it will not cost you less money, it will cost you less money, but you will allow us to continue the services we have provided for the last four and a half years. So we are asking to allow us to continue the same thing, allow us to continue the work, and we're gonna to listen to your need. If you're a Sandusky County resident, uh, and, and if you have any feedback for us, our, our door is always open. Door open, phone lines open too. All the time, <laughs> so please, please reach out to us. Maybe, maybe one listener might wanna become a board member in the future. Oftentimes we have openings. So uh, please listen to us, and please, please get out and, and vote on May 7. So five or 10 years now, or let's say five years down the line, because that's how long the levy is for, five years, right? Is a five-year levy, correct. Okay. So the levy passes. In the best-case scenario, what do you think your organization can accomplish in the next five years? As I say, many of the services are fairly new. You know, we, we, we passed uh, our first Sandusky County levy ever four and a half years ago. That was the very first one? Correct. So we didn't have a, a levy in, in, in Sandusky County. So we have implemented many, many services that are showing very good outcomes. Mm -hmm. Again, I can take the Sandusky County Juvenile Detention Center where we provide counseling and therapy inside the, the center. If, if you talk with a juvenile judge today, he will tell you it's one of the best things ever happened to his court. And, and right now he might be, um, you know, how much help the children get there and, you know, the outcomes, the positive outcomes they are getting because many are not returning back. Right. Well, this wasn't the case five years ago. If you talk to him five years ago and you just see the need five years ago or the outcomes versus what you see now, I think you realize the difference that our local services made. 
what we're going to do, we're going to adjust better our services. I told you, we, we have new projects. We have projects for veterans. We have projects for the Woodville and Gibsonburg community. We have projects to better our services for first responders and for children in school and a lot of prevention and education. So I hope five years from now we have, a, for example, we have a very, very uh, solid and good service for veterans in Sandusky County. Yeah. And they can get the help. I think the healthier community, the better, obviously, for everybody, not just for us as a public entity, but for private businesses and every single family in Sandusky County. So right. I tell you, uh, our levy, are, our tax is well spent. Our taxes, they stay locally, and our taxes, they will be spent only for Sandusky County residents. Sounds like what you're saying is ideally, best case scenario is people don't even realize they need you. <laughs> because best, best case scenario, they don't realize they need me, correct. That would be the best case scenario. <laughs> but, uh, but we do want to, as I told you, we're going to have some prevention education efforts to get in front of some of these problems, mm-hmm. help children from a young age understand risky behaviors, understand coping skills or, or healthy coping skills, I should say. You know, we try to teach them about uh, abuse, neglect, alcohol, drugs, and so on. Mm-hmm. So we, we're going to use some money to invest in a front end and don't just be there at the back end after mm-hmm. the best stuff happens. Yeah, I know in my, uh, when I went through the foster care program or when I went through the trains to be a foster uh, parent, one of the things they tell you is that the earlier the trauma occurs to a child, the worse it is. So the earlier you can get to them to prevent something from happening, the better the outcomes are on the, on the outside. Absolutely. Uh, I, that, that is so, so right and so correct. So, you know, again, I think the more, the more we expand the services and the, the quicker we get to children earlier in life, I think we'll, we'll have a healthier community in the future. And really, that's our end goal. That's our end goal. Um, we're not going to ignore people who need treatment. They need treatment. We're going to do our best to, to help you as soon as we can. But we need to have a balance between prevention or early intervention as well as treatment. Mm-hmm. Anybody uh, wants to help the mental health board with, with the passage of this levy, please contact our office uh, or go on our website. If you need more information, if you have questions, please call us. Please, again, support our levy by voting yes on May 7th. May 7th. Okay. Most important thing to remember from this interview, yeah, May I know. 7th. May 7th, <laughs> vote yes. All right. Thank you very much, Tony. Yeah, thank you for sitting down with me. All right. No problem. All right. Bye.